Reckless, reckless. Please don't vex us. <laughs> Alright guys, uh hello, welcome to uh I've been thinking about it. My name is Christian Yearwood. Um and yeah, this is the first episode of this podcast. Um I I am actually pretty excited to, to be starting. It's something I wanted to do for a long time. Um uh, uh but yeah. What is this podcast gonna be about? Why the fuck should I even listen to this? Um, those are valid questions. Um, both of which don't have valid answers. <laughs> so that's the first thing. Um, but we can just have a good time, you know. That's all I know how to do. Talk about things that I'm passionate about, you know. And this podcast is just going to be like basically a little insight into my mind and who I am, whatever. So, without further ado, what do I want to start out talking about? Yes, we're going to start out on a sad note. Um, Today is uh, Tuesday, the 28th. Um, Sunday, I received the news that Kobe Bryant passed away. Um, It still doesn't even feel real. It feels like, you know something out of like a horror movie like you know like and the reason I have such great respect for Kobe Bryant uh firstly I I'm not the biggest basketball fan, right? Not the biggest. I'm a fan of sports. Um and I, I also enjoy basketball. Um but I'm not the biggest basketball fan, right? Um, but Kobe Bryant is the first basketball player that made me like care anything about basketball, like want to watch basketball, like even care what what teams, what are the names of the teams, like like who's playing, what are the players, who are the players. So it is 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 really like hard to believe. Um that he's passed, but I just want to focus on what Kobe Bryant's legacy means to me or what um, I learned from Kobe because ultimately the way that I look at life is, is, is about perspective, right? So I try to listen to just about anybody, even if the body is on drugs and, you know, they're coming up to me asking me, uh, they're on the street homeless, you know, I listen to that person because you don't really know what, you know, events led up to them becoming that type of person, you know. You don't know what that person is thinking or is capable of, you know, doing or did in the past. You don't know anything about that person, right? So, with that outlook to life, you know, I try to learn as much from people, um, people's mistakes, you know, um, from or people's successes as well. Um, and Kobe Bryant is definitely one of those people. 
such an intelligent man. I mean, just two weeks ago, I was listening to a podcast uh, that he was doing with Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson called All The Smoke, um, if I'm not mistaken. But when I was listening to the man, right, I was just in awe at how great like he was like of a mind. Because typically, right, in America and... To be fair, in history, well, throughout history, like, the black man is never painted as, like, the intelligent one, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, not saying that it's not true, but typically, like, if you're a black athlete, they just think that, like, you know, all you do is play sports and you're a physical specimen and that's all there is to you, you're dumb, you know what I'm saying? That's why people can say stuff like, just shut up and dribble to LeBron, right? To fucking LeBron. Um, But, um... Kobe Bryant was just like, no, you know, like he he was not absolutely not that stereotype. Like he was brilliant. You know what I mean? Like anything he wanted to apply his himself to, I believe that he would have been successful in it just because of the Mamba mentality, you know, like and and in in listening to Kobe, the Mamba mentality is saying that really stuck with me, you know what I mean? Not because I'm a basketball player, you know what I'm saying? But it's just because it's about hard work, you know? It's about self-reflection. It's about self-improvement. You know what I mean? It's about being true to yourself. You understand? So, these are things, you know, that I look at Kobe and I'm like, you know, thank you, you know what I mean? Thank you for spreading our message, you know what I mean? Thank you for, for for being the example for me and for millions of other people that look like me. You know what I mean? Um, so it, it was really sad to hear the news that he's gone. You know, it's still really sad because, yeah, it's just like a great man, a great mind. You know, we need more people like him in the world, you know. You see, like, when I see, like, people like Nipsey Hussle pass, you know, all that he was preaching, you know what I mean, about financial literacy and cryptocurrency and, you know, he was very intelligent, you know, but he had tattoos all over his skin, you know what I mean? You know, it, it's like the opposite of what they tell us, you know what I mean, that, that we are. You know, he was just great. You understand? Brilliant mind. So... It is really sad um, when 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 people like this pass. You know, he's really got to take these moments and appreciate life, you know. But that's why, you know, I, I'm, I'm such a lover of nature, I believe, because really and truly, <laughs> that is what we came from, you know. So that's what we need to appreciate, you know, because... And actually, that's a very good uh, segue into my next topic, uh, <laughs> which um, I I was recently uh, on YouTube just scrolling, and I saw a video of Mia Motley giving a speech at um, the UN Climate Summit, right? Um, typical. I'm not the biggest fan of Mia Motley. I just want to say that, right? Um, but I'm not the biggest fan of most politicians, anyways, because. That's a whole other conversation that uh, we'll get to uh, maybe later on a later episode. <laughs> but in this moment, I want to give me a Molly 
honestly the world of praise because this this speech i don't i ha- i didn't hear people t- this happened in september august sorry sorry september uh last year which which would be 2019 um and i i did not see it i mean i didn't i'm not on social media so i wouldn't have seen people posting it obviously so it, it just completely bypassed me but when i sat and i watched the speech yesterday i mean i was like whoa I mean, this to me, this is one of the most powerful speeches that I have heard in the last hundred years. I'm talking about anywhere. Um, and for those of you who obviously didn't hear his speech, um, basically what she was talking about, right, is she was speaking on behalf of 20% of the countries, right, um, in the global community. Majority of them Caribbean countries, obviously, St. Lucia, Dominica, Grenada, um, etc. Right. The countries that are most affected by climate climate change, um, and are most vulnerable to the increasing, you know, hurricanes and um, natural disasters, you know, ocean pollution, drought, ocean acidification, you know, all these are things that she was talking about in the speech, right? Um, and she was saying, you know, the science is clear. The science is clear, you know, like. We need to reverse the effects of climate change. Like we need to be acting no on 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 a sustainable future and, and transforming the world's um energy needs to, to 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 preserve the planet, you know, because we are literally destroying the planet. And but the speech was really powerful because she was given a hundred and eighty seconds. To speak on behalf of 20 countries, obviously smaller countries, you know, not countries with high GDP or high levels of resources, um, obviously. But she was given 180 seconds to speak on the most vulnerable countries. You know, there's, you know, like when I think back at Haiti, the, the, the natural disasters that happened in Haiti, um, I mean, it's just like devastating, you know. And as someone from Barbados, right? We honestly we can't survive one of those bad hurricanes, like one of those hurricanes that hit like Puerto Rico. We we wouldn't be able to survive that. Like we simply, our infrastructure just simply cannot handle that, right? So when me and Motley is speaking. At this speech. And she's given 180 seconds. To do this. It's almost like. She's speaking from a place. Of no hope. You know. And. Basically they were trying to. uh, Get her off the stage. After her 180 seconds. But she simply just kept speaking. And she was like no I will not. I will not stop speaking. Because I was given 180 seconds to speak on behalf of 20 countries and the countries that are most vulnerable, you know. I mean, it was absolutely disgusting that they were even trying to get her off of the stage, you know. And she was like, no, like, I'm not getting off the stage. So, <laughs> Auntie Mia can tell you, you know, and she said, you know, 
right now the current goals that the global community has set is that two degrees is the target, right? A overall global temperature at two degrees, right? So after two degrees, right, certain plants and stuff will not be able to grow, right? So that is why it has to be capped at two degrees, right? But that is for the global community. Mia Motley is saying, right, and the science is clear. Us in the Caribbean, Barbados, St. Lucia, Grenada, St. Vincent, Trinidad and Tobago, we need the temperature to be at 1.5 degrees. That is 0.5 degrees less than what the global community is currently setting. So basically, the global community is saying, well, you guys are going to have to die. You know, you guys are going to have to, like, I don't know, move. You know, and she was basically, she basically addressed that, that they're going to be dealing with in, in less than 20 years, they're going to be dealing with mass migration to these major countries and it is going to destabilize these countries you know these are millions of people that are going to be without homes that are not going to be able to grow food they're not going to have access to clean water you know so this this is what's going to happen you know and and i wish mia would have um and she actually did directly address this but you know the cause of all of this is greed is corporate greed Right. It is corporate influence on the public gov well, governments of the world, basically. You know, oil companies have massive influence in the world. I mean, I was just watching a documentary from years ago, I think it was about nineteen ninety four or nineteen ninety seven, right? But it was in Nigeria and it, it was documenting what shell um, corporation was doing in Nigeria to um, these these people in Nigeria. Basically, the Shell Corporation and the Nigerian government, which was a dictatorship at the time, um, they basically uh, came together to kill off, literally commit genocide against their own people. Like the Nigerian government committed genocide against its own people. To make oil profits because ninety percent, I believe, of um their revenue came from um oil oil production. You know, oil production. By the way, that was not only they they were they were not only they need they needed to commit genocide against their own people to 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 make to to make oil profits, but they also needed to um destroy the planet. You know, they needed to destroy the ecosystem, you know, any animals or any plants that were in the area because of so many gas leaks and oil spills. I mean, the BP oil spill, I mean, this is stuff that we know um, that is happening um, in the world. Um, and it's all for greed. It's all for money, right? It's, it's, it's because of greed. It's because of corruption, you know, um, and it's really sad that humanity has come to this. Really, <laughs> uh, and you know, people might be watching this, like listening to this, and be like, "Whoa, this guy's getting really deep." But you know, if we don't get deep on these things, you know, like 
there's no future. You know, like, we can't grow food. We can't survive. Like, I'm 22 years old. Like, I have at least 30 years left. Like, you understand? So, like, this is the number one threat to my existence as far as I'm concerned is climate change. And I mean, I don't think enough is being done. And clearly, Mia Motley doesn't think enough is being done. If you listen to her speech, and I, I really urge all Barbadians and all people um, that live in the Caribbean to listen to this, to listen to her speech, because, I mean, it, honestly, it, it was really powerful. Um, <laughs> so, but on a much nicer note, and later note, <laughs> I want to talk about my guy Bernie Sanders, because... He is the next president of the United States. That is my prediction. Heard it here first. Um, but I'm not going to just say that, right? And just don't give you any reasons. Here's why I think Bernie Sanders is the next president of the United States. Firstly, his fucking policies. Policies, right? What are we talking about? Free healthcare, free education. He's talking about tax on Wall Street speculation. What is that? Gambling. That's Because that's all stock market says. It's gambling. Oh, this market is doing well. We're going to put some money in this. Oh, it goes down. I lose my money. You know, it's gambling. But it's at a higher level. Um, but he's going to put a tax on that, right? And what is he also going to do? He's going to stop corporate greed. He's going to say, you know what? Corporations, um, foreign governments, billionaires, millionaires, you're not going to be able to bribe politicians with campaign contributions. You know, so we're going to pass laws to address the legal bribery and corruption that exists in America. Right. That's what he's that's what Bernie Sanders is going to do. And that is why the, the mainstream media and um, Republicans and um, billionaires and, and people with money, they don't they don't like Bernie Sanders. You want to know why? Because he's he he understands that they're greedy, you know. He understands that they're willing to destroy the planet back to the topic that we were just talking about for money, you know. So he he understands that oil companies don't give a fuck about dolphins swimming in the ocean, you know, like me and you, um, regular people that enjoy that stuff. But you know, secondly, Bernie Sanders' record. When you look at Bernie Sanders' record, and honestly, I'm impressed by it, like. When I was getting into Bernie and who he was, I was like, what? This guy was talking about the same things for 30 years and no one was listening. Like, he, he's been right, like, 30 years ago. Like, oh, my God. You know, like, if all the t- on all the issues, whether it be LGBTQ, whether it be public free education, whether it be addressing wealth and income inequality, you know what I mean? Whether it be, like, privacy, whether it be rights, whether it be like the Iraq war, he's always been on the right side of history, you know, so when, when, when like Americans are going to vote and they're going to research about their, um, the candidates, the only logical fucking candidate to choose is Bernie Sanders, you know, so that's, you know, that's another thing. Also, young people, us young people, you know, like, we're the future, you know. Um, and this this podcast is really 
going to be not going to be geared for young people, but I kind of want young people to listen to this because it's important for us to share our experiences as we go through life because you never know when that somebody could be going through the same things as you. And we all go through the same things. So when you hear somebody going through the same thing as you and like they're kind of making it seem like they're getting through it, but they're really not, you know, it's help. You know what I mean? You know, it's help for us to talk about our problems and our issues and stuff. But that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother conversation, right? But young people, what is so fucking great about Bernie Sanders' campaign is fucking majority young people, right? You want to know why? Because this guy is speaking to us. This guy, when we look at Bernie Sanders, we see a guy that is not bullshitting us, right? We see a guy that is about his business and he has actual plans for us. You understand what I mean? And I don't even live in America. And I'm seeing us. That's how much I love Bernie Sanders. Which leads to my next point. His fucking international support. In researching Bernie Bernie's campaign and paying close attention to his campaign, you will realize that people from Sweden love him. People from Denmark. People from in Africa love him. You understand? People from Australia. You understand? People from all over the world love this guy. Because all over the world, we're kind of dealing with the same problems of corruption and public officials that don't really represent us and that are, that are just in it um, for money and in it for greed. So when we look at Bernie Sanders, it's like, whoa, it's like a breath of fresh air. It's like, oh, my God, people like him still exist, like politicians like Bernie Sanders still exist that still give a fuck about us. And they can win. You know, which Bernie is proving, um, I think, you know, it, it would it would be stupid to think that um, he doesn't have a chance at winning and that he isn't the best, at least, Democratic candidate, right? But, you know, this prediction is all about why he's going to be the best president, um, the next president, sorry. So, on to addressing wealth and income inequality. That is, for me, this is central to why Bernie Sanders is going to be the next president of the United States. Because in America, although they have a lot of millionaires and billionaires and they have a lot of wealthy people, when you actually dig deeper into the numbers, America has been has serious wealth and income inequality problems. Like they have a high child poverty rate. They have a high poverty rate. You understand? They have People who can't afford insurance, health insurance, by the way, you understand, which is a whole nother fucking thing. Like they can't afford health insurance. They go, they go in bankrupt. You know, this is the richest country in the history of the world. Don't get it twisted. You know what I mean? It's not that the American government doesn't have money to pay for this. I mean, if you look at the American military budget, that shit is like obscene and they just added more money to it. Like. Democrats and Republicans approved more money for Trump's um, new military budget. So, it, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not one of these guys that's like, oh, I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. Or like, you know, I'm not even American, fam. So I'm looking from the inside out, right? So just keep that in mind if you're listening to America, right? 
<laughs> but Bernie Sanders is addressing wealth and income inequality. Um, and honestly, it's just amazing, you know, because the people of this world, as global citizens, we've been dealing with, like, corporate greed times infinity for the last 400, 500 years. Like, you know, things have been the same. Like, history hasn't changed much, you know what I mean? There's still a lot of war. There's still a lot of poverty, you know. Things have gotten extremely better. I'm not going to ever deny that, right? And the world is a pretty good place for the most part, right? You know, but it just isn't good enough, you know, when, when you have kids dying um, of, of hunger in the richest country in the world, you know, and we, and we have a case where the top 1% own more than the bottom 50% of people, you know, um, that's absolutely obscene in America, you know, and the global numbers are actually quite staggering and quite worse. I mean, I think something like the 10,000 richest people own more money than the rest of 90% of us, you know, globally. Uh, so the wealth and in- income equality globally is way worse, you know, <laughs> when if you um, look at it outside of America, right? And I think Bernie Sanders is aware of this, uh, which again goes back to my point about his international support. Um, but yeah, that's all I want to say about Bernie. That's why he's going to be the next president of the United States. And when that happens, that's going to be a good day in history. You know, I'm marking that day in history. I'm looking forward to that day. Uh, so, yeah. No to my fucking guy, Tyler, the creator, right? Oh, my God. Tyler, I fucking love you. This, I love this guy, man. I fucking love this guy. This man, right? So... Tyler, the creator, wins a Grammy, right? Who gives a fuck, right? Clearly not Tyler either, but... <laughs> but, you know, why he's so great is... You know, he, he wins a Grammy, right? If you've been following Tyler's career, I have been, right? If you're not familiar with him... Basically, right? Imagine an artist now, like... Let me say Tef Hinkson. Tef putting out music all the time, underground and shit. Like he got his own little audience, right? You know what I mean? He ain't really um trying to trying to switch his um style or anything to, to be like anyone else or anything like that, right? So now Tyler obviously is a is is a very musical guy. Um and often overlooked in my opinion. What in my opinion Definitely one of the most talented artists in in my generation that I have ever seen. I mean, his man de- designs clothes. His man designs, like, everything. Like, he produces everything. Like, you know, like, the only thing he don't really do is play instruments. I think he plays, like, piano and some other instruments. But not very good. But that's besides the point. So Tyler gets up there. And this is why I love Tyler, the creator. Right? Forget everything. Forget all the antics. Forget the music, forget how he's dressed, forget everything. This man is smart as fuck, right? This man is is somebody that he is a person of integrity. He is going to going to be himself and be true to himself at all fucking times. 
You just won a Grammy, your first Grammy, right? Something he wanted his entire life. I mean, if you followed his career, you would tell, I want a Grammy, but the Grammys don't fuck with my music because my lyrics are vulgar. I mean, his lyrics were really vulgar. I mean, but what I'm trying to say is like, this man won a Grammy, right? One of the best moments of his life. And when asked what he thinks about it, <laughs> the first, not the first thing, but he's like, I'm 50-50 on it. And I just don't like that they put me in the urban music category because it feels like you're calling me a nigga. <laughs> and that's just like bombshell dropped. I mean, when I was watching that and I looked in the background at like the little background thing that has CBS on it, I was like, oh, wait, this is on CBS. Like, this is, like, the Grammys, like, this is, like, white people territory, like, he's saying this, like, on white people land, like, this is incredible, you know, um, so I just, I just want fucking salute Tyler, the creator, because, yeah, we really need more Tyler, the creators in the world, you know, people that just don't give a fuck, and people that gonna say how they feel, I don't fucking sell out. Trading your morals and shit for money, basically. Like, that's what creates climate crises. When people that sit in oil company boardrooms are like, ah, we're just gonna dump our oil in this fucking lake because it's gonna save us money, you know? That's that's what I mean. That's the type of stuff to, 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 to a greater extreme. That's the type of mentality, you know, that I really hate. So salute fucking Tyler, the creator, man. You know, save the bees, my guy. And that's where we get into this episode. Peace out, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Yeah, we got the 30-minute mark. So I can bow out. Next episode, going to be even better. <laughs> or even worse. <laughs> but who gives a fuck? Absolute. Thank you for listening.